Hey there, friends! Mighty Flail here with another amazing episode where all we do is make fun of the shit we like to play. We're very millennial that way. <laughs> Isn't that like a millennial thing? Just shit on like everything you love? No. No? Yes? Okay. Well, but so that would mean that like my self deprecating humor means I love myself and. I mean, you don't love yourself? <laughs> okay, maybe it's the other way around where it's just like. You just hit everything, but everything's funnier that way if you just laugh about it. Yeah, yeah. It's like less bad. Just laugh instead of cry. Changing Oof. the world with comedy. Man, this is going <laughs> south. <laughs> but once again, I would like to point out that Amanda Panda Brand from Etsy makes really cool stuff and that you should buy them and give them to all your friends and family as gifts because you're cool that way. Christmas is coming up, don't forget. Yeah. Mighty Flail 10, in all caps, for 10% off your order. Seriously, the mug is, like, the best thing ever. I'm currently drinking Dosa Keys out of it. Dosa Keys. Yeah. The most interesting man in the world. Give me that Spanish accent, Jared. Ole. <laughs> I'm sorry. Last time you said French. You were just going off on that. Is the most interesting man in the world. Oh, that's sexy. That, that was French. <laughs> These both sound the same to me when you try to do it. Just, I can't do it's accents. Fine. It's fine. It's better than mine. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Today we have Mandy. Hello. And Jared. Hello. To talk about the rogue class and why it's cool and that you should play it because it's dope as fuck and it's far and away one of the most unique classes that get unfairly shat on because it's how Mimi it's kind of become. Right? I feel like only Maybe like edgy boys. The edgy boys play it like seriously like your parents have to die. That's like the prerequisite. And then you're like really poor and you steal everything. You start killing people because you're living in the gutters and it's the only way to survive. And then you find a group of people and you're like, sure, I'll join, but you'll have to persuade me. I'm Aladdin. <laughs> Aladdin was made by HBO. Oh, shit. I would right. totally watch that. If uh, HBO I mean, made that kind of shit. Yeah, I mean, I would. My god. Disney anthology series. Get on it, HBO. Hire me. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to start with like a little summary that they kind of give out. Like, the first paragraph. It says, Rogues rely on skill, stealth, and their foes' vulnerabilities to get the upper hand in any situation. They have a knack for finding the solution to just about any problem, demonstrating a resourcefulness and versatility that is a cornerstone of any successful adventuring party. And then, like, the next two paragraphs, it goes on, like... Describing the rogue as a, like a clear stereotype of thieving assassins who grew up in terrible situations. So it starts off as like a really cool like, this is kind of like what they do, and then the next one's just like, yeah, they're literally edge lords. So I mean, just kind of play it that way. They have shady living, you know, you know, cut purses, con artists. Like, they give. Is that like pretty accurate for the rogue class, or is this just kind of like shat on? I mean, they're. Their skill set kind of lends itself to the uh, seedy underbelly of the fantasy realm. Yeah, once you go through, it does like look like it, but <laughs> just the way they worded it just feels like 
they made it on purpose to be assholes. Yeah, you want to be a little dark boy, don't you? A little <laughs> like, uh, edge boy. Yeah, they, they didn't give it like another option to be like, well, you could be like a noble who just wants to live out his life and you just like kleptomania. <laughs> nah. The cut purses, they're con artists, they're assholes. <laughs> but they're actually Joy. so much more. <laughs> So we are going to go into the rogue features here. First off, we're going to look at the hit points. Hit points. So the hit dice, you get a D8 per rogue level. I think that's pretty appropriate. I mean, it's yeah, not moderate. Like, it's pretty moderate. Hit points at first level, A plus constitution modifier. Or five plus your constitution modifier per rogue level after first. Uh, you know, normal, normal. Your proficiencies, though, armor is light armor. I think that, I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not like frontline or anything. Weapons are simple weapons, hand crossbows, long swords for peers, and short swords. I think long swords kind of a little weird, to be honest. Oh, long swords are very like versatile, uh, very common. Isn't long sword like a strength though? Like a yeah, I mean it, it is strength for like a dex building. Like rogues well, are actually, dex, like in time, right? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, um, they might actually have. Are they? No, I don't think they're finesse. Isn't long? No, they're versatile, but they're they're oh, strength. I'm wrong. Yeah. Wait, so longswords are strength? Yeah, they are. What kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> it could just be. It's a very common weapon, so <laughs> why not? I guess. And then they get the tools of thieves' tools, which also lends to being a bad person. <laughs> that's kind of cool. They give you like thieves. Like you just. It was just also kind of weird. Like you're automatically like proficient at it, if you want to be. Yeah, I mean, it could also be useful for disarming traps. Say, we'll we'll get on with it when it gets to the subclass. But they can also, rather than being this like stereotypical street rat they could also be used as like that scout that kind of ranger without being a ranger man they got that song stuck in my head yeah street rat scoundrel (laughs) right aladdin is a rogue aladdin's a rogue yeah absolutely he's a very charismatic one Mm -hmm. yeah yeah he would be uh would he be like a rogue Warlock. Nah. He didn't have magic. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, he, he had, had a genie. Yeah, I guess he didn't really have powers or anything. Wow. Anyway, that's for a different discussion entirely. All right, saving throws are dexterity and intelligence. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, you get to choose four from these skills: acrobatics, athletics, deception, insight, intimidation, investigation, perception, performance, persuasion, sleight of hand, and stealth, which all make sense. Absolutely. Yeah, all I see of no them, problem with any of them. Yeah, they all deal with that typical uh, riffraffy, uh, like stealthy thievery and like social engineering. Yeah, that all that all makes sense. I mean. Nothing seems too weird. And the equipment you start with, you can start with a rapier or a short sword, which is cool. A short bow, a quiver of 20 arrows or a short sword, which is fine. Burglar's pack, dungeoneer's pack, or an explorer's pack, leather armor, two daggers, and thieves' tools. I think that, yeah, that all makes sense. 
because yeah. I mean, with these, like, you can get to scout and go explorers pack, engineers pack. Definitely go with like the uh, the thief, burglars, thief. Yeah. All right, looks bounce to me. We can quit and go home now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now if we're going to the rogue table, at first level, you get a plus two proficiency and a sneak attack of 1d6. And we'll go to that sneak attack and what that actually means, which means beginning at first level, you know how to strike subtly and exploit a foe's distraction. So once per turn, you can deal an extra d6 damage to one creature you hit with an attack if you have advantage on the attack roll. So the attack must use a finesse or ranged weapon, which is kind of interesting. Still with the longsword part, just the same. But... I mean, yeah, finesse range weapon makes sense. <laughs> so you don't need advantage on the attack roll if another enemy of the target is within five feet of it, so that enemy isn't in- incapacitated. You don't have disadvantage on the attack roll. I find kind of interesting about the incapacitated part. It's pretty specific on that. You can't sneak up on someone who's incapacitated. Hmm. Yeah. Which means, uh, you, I mean, incapacitated just means you can't take actions or reactions. So, like, if you're oh, just if, like, if they're incapacitated, I believe you automatically. Oh, is it automatic? I mean, I, I feel like you should have uh, at least melee advantage on them, but because it doesn't really say when you go to incapacitated, it literally just says the creature can't take actions or reactions. Yeah, I mean, generally anything else. That just means, I mean, they're knocked out, essentially, so... So then they don't need... You don't need to have advantage, because you can just keep attacking them. They're not gonna get you back. Just slit their throat. <laughs> <laughs> the rogue way. Cinematic. <laughs> but yeah. So, that's what the sneak attack is, which is, like, the basis of the rogue, because there's a literal table for sneak attack and it goes up like crazy all the 20th level you get 10d6 damage extra at that point attack. you're essentially doing a dragon's breath of damage each turn that you uh yeah you can do that each that. turn which it's not like once per day rest short rest no it's like <laughs> every turn you make you do and, extra this damage and the fact that you can continue to do it if uh, an enemy target is um, within five feet, wait. You okay there? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was just reading. Um, but yeah, you, you, if you can like just, you just really get it off. I'm so worried. Um, yeah, you could just do insane damage, and if you manage to get, like, a, a critical hit, uh, at least if you're playing it like we do in, like, my game, where you just double the amount of dice, or you roll your dice and double that amount, you're just doing that. insane amount of damage. <laughs> it feels... It feels... It doesn't make any sense to me. What? Just how much damage they can do, or just Ten... the sneak attack? 10 sneak attack yeah. that you, you're you still sneaky because somebody else happens to be standing next to them. I think the idea of sneak attack beyond just like getting a one up on them is um uh, I mean obviously you're exploiting their distraction but that means you can get in and hit that critical point on 
your target. So if they're distracted, they're leaving their, say, uh, like spot under their armpit open, and you're stabbing underneath that damn that, armpit, or you manage to just get a one up on them and maybe cut behind their kneecap. Wouldn't I just I feel like after being hit three times by you, like they would focus on you. Well, I mean, if it's a if start, there's someone else like in well. your face though, and if something's coming from the left side, but there's still like that paladin is just beating you down, I for sure would still have to be confused where that shit was coming from. Yeah. But still, on the other hand, like shouldn't any like ranged attacker? be having sneak attack? Like, if the ranger with a bow, I mean, that would technically be sneak attack, right? Uh, if, if they're engaged with somebody else, yeah. So why can't the ranger have sneak attack? Well, the rogue, it's assumed <laughs> that the rogue is smarter than the ranger. Oh, damn! That's rough. Uh, which is why they have their well one of their saving throws is an intelligence like (laughs) typically uh a rogue is going to be both dexterous as well as smart the like in means of it being able to exploit people for their social engineering or uh come up with like a plan to pull off their heist or whatever it could be assumed that a sneak attack could also be them using their uh like planning and smarts to find that critical spot to hit them with their sneak attack. I can see that. That's a good way to explain it. Still think rangers see that. I don't know. <laughs> Yo, rangers get magic. Let them. <laughs> they get hunters. Rogue get magic too. They get hunters. Mark. <laughs> All of them get magic. Rogue. Only one subclass of rogue gets magic. And no, no, no. I think Soul Knife gets it, fan. Oh, does Soul Knife get it? I'm pretty sure. I mean, they have, like, you know, the, uh, the psychic They have, like, bullshit. fucking psionic bullshit. Yeah, whatever they call it now. And then Phantom. Not really. Alright, moving down to Expertise, which they also get at first level. You get to choose two of your skill proficiencies that you've already chosen. Um... Uh, you basically get expertise in it. You, I mean, you double the ability check, which is crazy because they're just like bards now, where they just get they're, they're just skill monkeys. Which I think is one of the most desirable things about the rogue class. Like, if they can't get off sneak attack, they make up for it in the roleplay uh, portion of the game, being that. At level one, they get two expertises, which is insane. Yeah. And then later on, they get two more, meaning that, like, if a rogue decides to, uh, like, stat itself in a certain way, it could be an absolute beast and a lot of social or, uh, like, roleplay situations. A rogue is basically a must in D and D. Like they're just so good at like either attacking with stuff or role playing with stuff. Yeah, they're built for each side. Like they're so well balanced in a way. You can get them like by level six. You can have them have expertise in stealth for all the stealth checks, 
persuasion to get you out of those sticky situations, uh, perception to be able to find things, and something else. Fucking hell, insight to see if people are lying to you. They can legitimately carry a party through a more roleplay oriented uh, campaign. Yeah. Can you imagine the entire party, like four or five of us, just like all rogues? It'd be chaos. <laughs> it's just too good. Imagine, imagine being the DM trying to come up with monsters that work for a party of rogues with how many ever D6 sneak attacks. You take one swashbuckler to get up in its face and then fucking the rest of them just stay back and just pepper it with a million D6s. I think what you would do, since they're like so like one-on-one kind of damage, you'd have to have like a bunch of enemies, right? Yeah. I think that'd be the best way to go. I think that that would be the only way. That would definitely uh, like twenty gnolls. Yeah, right there. Yeah, I think that would do. <laughs> I've already won. DM has won. Never. <laughs> Not with the cunning abilities of the rogue. This art <laughs> will take down all. And also with what they get in the first level, they get thieves can't, which I think is really cool. So during your rogue training, you learn. Thieves Cant, a secret mix of dialect, jargon, code that allows you to hide messages in seemingly normal conversation. So you get all those weird code word, code terms or words or whatever. So it's just like, you know, the sunset is at dawn or something like that. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it means watch out, the cows are coming. I don't know. I can't, I literally can't think of anything that makes it cool. Watch out the, at the moment. The, the cows, cows are coming? Yeah, that's the first thing you get in my head. See, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Listen, we were almost I'm very that terrible cow, at making so. up with examples for this. Watch out, there's a guard in the corner. I don't know. Hey, Tommy, how's your kid doing? Oh, you know, he's got a touch of the whooping cough. Sucks to hear, Tommy. Anyways, good day. Yeah, good day to you, son of a bitch. <laughs> and it was that night that the king was assassinated. <laughs> this is so much better than mine. Uh, I like in uh, in my campaign, uh, two people are rogues, or one of them has multi-class into rogues, and is essentially turned into rather than little code words here and there or symbols on the wall, they've just turned into straight up gang signs. Oh yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's that's actually pretty cool. It, it can be used in a, a million ways. Like, it could be anything from, like, in uh, Fallout 4, how the railroad uses little symbols to mark places. Oh, I totally forgot about the railroad. You could think of that as kind of a thieves' cant, or I believe there's the same thing with uh, Skyrim's uh, Thieves' Guild. Like, you can, you can do it from anything from... Uh, little hints here and there maybe a specific jargon little symbols on the walls etched into little nooks and crannies of very specific places in a city to uh, little hand signs I feel like that that ability the I guess not ability the feature of the world class is like really cool but 
can't imagine it like being used very often. Maybe yeah. once a campaign, just one moment. Yeah, it's definitely a, a kind of thing that if you're specifically looking for maybe like the themed guild of a city, you could potentially like pull off or make happen. But yeah, unless you have a very rogue centric uh, theme running throughout your campaign, it's not going to be super duper prevalent, I would think. I think it's awesome, though. Totally worth it. Yeah, there's so much potential that can go with it. See, moving on, go at the second level, you get cunning action. So starting at second level, your quick thinking and agility allows you to move and act quickly. You can take a bonus action on each of your turns in combat. So this action can be used only to take the dash, disengage, or hide action. Broken. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Didn't like uh who was it? Um Joey, didn't he take like just like two in rogue just to use this? I think a lot of people take two in rogues just to use that. Uh it's arguably one of the best uh features for uh multiclassing in the game. For just two levels you can all of a sudden have your bonus action to disengage, which is super valuable if you're a fighter or a barbarian or even a even like a wizard to get away uh dash is great for any martial class or i mean yet again to get away as a spellcaster just allowing you to put so much distance in between you and your enemies and then even hide um it's obviously probably going to be one of the least used um like instances of this but for a rogue for if rogue, you're trying to get mean. those yeah if, if you're trying to get those sneak attacks without having uh, a teammate within five feet of the enemy target uh using that hide action could either give you that good point of um like point of a uh, better access of that sneak attack or even just hiding to wait for your teammates to come and save you. Man. It's kind of weird you get that second level. I don't know. Do you think it's like too much for how early you get it? Um, I don't know if it's too much. It's definitely strong, but it is kind of like the core of the rogue class. Um, being able to reposition yourself to get essentially the one thing that allows you to do damage off like if you think about it the rogue uh, forever only has unless they're multi-classed or I don't know if any of the uh, subclasses give it but they only have one attack so oh yeah that's a good point without getting off that sneak attack they're only doing like like a d8 I think it just, it feels more, it feels strong the first, like, five levels compared to the other, uh, classes. Like, my first campaign, I was a bard, and another player was a rogue, and for the first, like, three levels, I was like, why do they get to do all this cool shit and I can't do anything yet? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, rogue is one of those classes that gets... Uh, what they call like an early power spike 
just like the Circle of the Moon Druid, uh, very early, they are absolutely bananas, um, being able to wild shape into a bear to do multi-attack before anybody else can, uh, but if you look back at them, say level 10, all of a sudden they're getting, or like level 8, they're getting outclassed by all their cohorts. Yeah, that makes sense. Kind of like the like the total race, like their ACs high, but then you know it doesn't matter when you get up there. Yeah. It doesn't increase or anything. All right, going to at third level, you finally get your roguish archetype, which is you can become the arcane trickster. We'll go through this at the very end. Arcane trickster, the assassin, inquisitive. Mastermind, Phantom, Scout, Soul Knife, Swashbuckler, and Thief. Really excited to look at the uh, Phantom and Soul Knife again because I mean those are the brand new ones. That's it. They look cool. <laughs> so you also get ability score improvement, of course, just like you know other classes. Um, at fifth level, you get Uncanny Dodge. We're starting at you know at fifth level. When an attacker that you can see hits you with an attack, you can use your reaction have the attacks damage against you super useful uh especially if it's a crit yeah if it's a crit <laughs> or like say an enemy paladin uses like a divine smite on you and just deals so much damage the ability to have it is life-saving in some instances honestly didn't even know they ha- like have this like doesn't the monk have something like this? Um, something. I mean, they, they could do it with, like, missile attacks. Um, I'm not sure. Let me, let me see. Well, yeah, that's, that's crazy. We can just use your reaction, because you can do that, like, per turn. You just have a random damage that's just, like, super high to you. Or is that something you have to, like, announce, like, I'm using Kenny Dodge before you find out how much damage it is? Nope, it's just a reaction. Goddamn. Um, That's crazy. Obviously, you, you probably... Does it say? Uh, you probably should use it, like, when you're getting hit. But if they then say, like, can I use a Divine Smite? Or, say, you get hit by, like, a Dragon's Claw attack. You're just like, yeah, I'm gonna use Uncanny Dodge to have it. <laughs> yeah. T-Map, like, blows fire on you. Like, uh, I'm gonna have that one, too. That's, that's what evasion's for. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't look but like... also, just to say, at 5th level, your sneak attack's already at 3d6. Mm-hmm. That power yeah, spike, man, power. that's not, not messing around. Yeah, it's every 2 levels you get a... Uh, a Is that every 2 levels? Dice. Yeah, it's every 2 levels. Yeah, 1, 2, 3, 4... Yeah, every 2 levels you, you add a d6. Which is that's super nuts. strong. I would say that that probably scales more intensely than uh, a lot of magic users. Yeah. What were you saying about the monk? Uh, monks do not get uh, an invasion. Huh. They they have the deflect missiles, but that's pretty much it. I don't know what I was thinking of. I was wrong. I'll admit it. So, moving on to the next feature, you get expertise. So, you get an extra 
at sixth level, you get to choose two more of your skill proficiencies and just double that. So, you know, another case to the skill monkey, which is insane. Uh, beginning at seventh level, you finally get evasion. So you can nimbly dodge out of the way of certain area effects, such as ancient red dragon's fiery breath or an ice storm fill. So when you're subjected to an effect that allows you to make a dexterity saving throw and take only half damage, you instead take nothing. This this is what the the monks get. They get the uh, evasion. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of then. Yeah. God, that's nuts. This is, yeah, ridiculous. You take nothing. So, I mean, it's just like... <laughs> you, all you have to do is succeed on your saving throw and you take yeah. nothing. Like, this one doesn't even require you to make a reaction. Yeah, you just, you just win. Which makes it really, really good. It makes, uh, honestly, monks, or rogues, rather, are one of the best classes to fight a dragon. Like, oh, I missed, I missed the last part over here. And if you fail, you only take half damage. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're pretty good at uh, living. God, no kidding, man. Like, how do how do you even like flavor that? Just like the ancient red dragon just breathes fire your breath as it turns everything into like moody lava, and then you're just like dip (laughs) the sixty foot like width of a fire. You're just like, don't worry. All of a sudden, I'm my quick. rope has no bones, and he melts into the floor. <laughs> this is insane. That's that's the level you want to get at as a rope. Seventh level. level. Level seven is ridiculous. Like, at that point, is that when they get their next? Yeah, they have 46. They're all of a sudden dodging everything, and even when they don't dodge it, they are like, oh, I'm actually going to... I'm literally a bit of a dodge. (laughs) And they only get more nuts. (laughs) At 11th level, you have refined your chosen skills until they approach perfection. This is insane to me. Whenever you make an ability check that lets you add your proficiency bonus, which is pretty much all of it, you can treat a d20 roll of 9 or lower as a 10. You cannot roll lower than a 10 at this point. So you're already like insane level at 11th. I mean, you're probably lowest roll for a skill check is probably like a plus seven at this point. So minimum roll is going to be a 17. I feel like, or maybe even a 15. You just, (laughs) you succeed all of your skill checks at this point. At level 11, you just succeed at everything. Yep. Pretty much. (laughs) I was like, yeah. Welcome to Rogue. And I do want to say, as uh, a rogue, you also do get one more um, ability score upgrade than every other class. Oh, do they really? Yeah, uh, they're one what? of the few. Them and uh, fighters are the only ones that get more than five. Okay, so I'm looking at their uh, proficiency bonus. So it's or plus four. So everyone's gonna get a plus bonus, four. But their ability score. I know. I'm just. I'm just oh. looking at proficiency bonus oh, at yeah, this yeah. point. When I said, like, the minimum's, like, 15, there'd probably be a 14, but it's whatever. But, yeah, God. (laughs) Yeah. So, broken or not broken? What do you think? Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those things where I can definitely see if you have a rogue that gets you 
uh, gets that high in level to defaulting to them for a lot of like ability rolls. I feel it was just like, like if I was in that party and the rogue was just like doing everything, I would have so much less fun. How do you not main character at that point as a rogue? Just like, don't worry, I got this. Well, I guess this one also um, does make the caveat that you do have to use your proficiency bonus, which means it's something that you're proficient in. Oh, that's true. But I mean, that's like 80% of your skills are going to be have proficiency at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, you get what, four <laughs> to start with and then two from your background. and Some of the uh, subclasses, I believe, give you more. And you probably took a feat... <laughs> oh god yeah. just imagine just going up the like the range and be like don't worry I have survival as proficiency I got this <laughs> you're really not needed here I'm, I'm useless pretty good at everything so <laughs> going up the barbarian like don't worry I'm scarier than you <laughs> alright going to 14th level you start, yeah starting at 14th level you're able to hear you are aware of the location of any hidden or invisible creature within 10 feet of you. You gain blind sense at level 14. Suck it, invisible creatures. Yeah, <laughs> you, now you can see anything invisible. Just like, what's the sense of that? I mean, it says if you're able to hear, you're aware of a location. So I guess just like, you hear a pin drop like three feet away, just like, bam, something's there. <laughs> I mean, you could you could think of it as they're so in tune with their environment uh, that they are better able to hone their hearing. I don't know. No, it's just weirdly just like they shoved it in there just to be all like, oh, this seems like a cool thing at fourteenth level. All those late nights of dodging the guardsmen trying to get an apple so I can eat. <laughs> I was able to. And see them without opening my eyes. Well, I mean, it is only like ten feet from you, so like, how often are you gonna like use it? I mean, if if uh, say uh, I don't know, like a Rakshasa decides to sneak away after you almost kill it, you then just be like, "Not today, you motherfucker." True, but I mean, it's still ten foot. Yeah, I mean, like if you teleport and like does that, then I mean, you're useless. I mean, you can't yeah. use it. It's it's useful if um, you're in like a very narrow corridor. Yeah, that's true. I guess some above you, or say you're in a you're in a ruin that has an invisible like trap. All of a sudden, you're very invaluable. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it depends on the creature that's attacking you too. Because I mean, if you're invisible. Your attack rolls against the creature have disadvantage, and the creature's attack rolls have advantage, and that would just nix that completely. Yeah. So, I guess, yeah, I guess that would be handy. Alright, going to the 15th level, you get Slippery Mind. Ooh. You've acquired greater mental strength. You gain proficiency in wisdom saving throws now. Yeah, so now you can avoid all that shit, too. Now, every uh, mage hates you. <laughs> yeah. The DM, if he hasn't hated you already, just hates you even more now. I guess 15, I mean, by then, yeah, at that you're already point, like, pretty good. 
Yeah, most campaigns don't make it that far. Yeah. And making it that far, at Elusive, at 18th level, you are so evasive that attackers rarely gain the upper hand against you. So attack roll has advantage against you while you aren't incapacitated. A little silly. <laughs> so everything is disadvantaged. No, okay, no attack roll. Like, even if you're, like, down on the ground, they push you down. They could be, like, right above you, just staring at you, and you're just like, zip, zip. Dancing around it. No, that's stupid. Slippery. <laughs> Why? Oh, God. And at the 20th level, you gain Stroke of Luck, so you have an uncanny knack for succeeding when you need to. If your attack misses a target within range, you can turn the miss into a hit. Like a boomerang. Mm. Alternatively, if you fail an ability check, <laughs> you can treat the d20 roll as a 20. But we call this one uh, <laughs> uh, a fuck-a-you DM. <laughs> Oh, you just missed the DC. I'm sorry. I rolled a nat 20. I forgot to tell you now. Well, it's just a flat 20. Oh, a flat so I 20. Guess Plus. I mean, you treat 15. the roll as a 20, so. <laughs> yeah. That's a guaranteed success. It doesn't yeah. even matter. Fuck you, DM. <laughs> Eat my ass. Oh, my ends. God. At 20th level. What's your proficiency on the 20th level? That's, uh, that's a plus 6. At minimum, you would have a 26. If you're proficient in the role, but yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> and if you're proficient in it, you're probably gonna have some levels or some. some well, uh, I mean, the caveat is you can't use it again until you finish a short or long rest. But boy, still, short rest. Oh no! Oh, give me an hour, you motherfucker. I'll sit down for an hour and then I'll <laughs> persuade someone else. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is there? Can you go ahead and cast fucking Liamin's tiny hut so I can? rest up and fuck the DM again. God, you could just, like... If you have expertise in persuasion, and then you have this, you would just have a minimum of, like... Oh my god, I can't even imagine. That'd be, like, a 40. Jesus. Like, a, yeah, if it was a... If they had a plus 5... I mean, at level uh, 20, you could have maxed out charisma at this point. Yeah, so you're gonna have that plus 5, plus you're gonna have... Your proficiency bonus of six. That's twelve plus five, seventeen. That's a that's a thirty-seven. <laughs> hey, yo, king, can I have your kingdom? He's like, that's a strong argument, man. Sure, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what they say. That's that's a. <laughs> I mean, at that. How point, do you role play that? Level twenty. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess I'm cucking the king and stealing his queen. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about this. They have oh yeah, they, remember op optional class features they added maybe like a year ago? Yeah, and Tasha, I really like this one. Yeah. So optional class feature, I think there's only one, right? It looks yeah. like there's only one. Uh steady aim, the third level rogue feature. As a bonus action, give yourself advantage on your next attack roll on your current turn. You can use this bonus action only if you haven't moved during this turn and after you use the bonus action. Your speed is nothing until the end of the current turn. Which gives you your sneak attack uh, instantaneously. 
I like it. There's like a consequence though. Yeah, this is really good for that kind of Robin Hood bow and arrow uh, rogue. Yeah, which is also yeah, it's really nice because you, you just automatically get that sneak attack. Yeah. So, so if you have a party that's like no frontline people or it's really hard to get advantage so you can rarely use a sneak attack there's your sneak attack yeah or if you get caught off on your own say you're scouting ahead in this forest and you find yourself facing off against uh, an enemy you can get that sneak attack before they can get to you so when it comes to optional class features I don't, I don't really remember it's been a while since I've tried to do that do you have to like get rid of something in order to get that one um, you know, I'm not really sure. Um, like, do you case, have to, like, trade? I feel like in some cases you do. I'm not sure about this one. Like, instead of, like, cunning action, you said you get steady aim or, or something like that. Because I feel like, like you can't just have both. See, see the sacred texts. The sacred texts. <laughs> so, that would be the end of the rogue class minus the uh, uh, the archetypes. Do you guys feel up for going through the archetypes real quick, or do you want to like feeling pretty good about this? Is it pronounced archetypes? It is. Is it archetypes? Type. Yeah, Man, I'm terrible. <laughs> it looks like archetypes to me. <laughs> I mean, if you're going by typical like English conventions, yeah. Ah. Thank you, Jared. But, uh, Take that, Mandy. World, world is, uh, archetype. Suck it. Uh, and it does, it looks like uh, for the optional class feature, at least in this case, uh, it just looks like you just only, add it? Yeah, it just consult huh. with your DM and decide whether you gain this or not. Okay. Well, I guess every rogue will now have study aim. Yeah, I mean, it. it it's really good in that you can essentially choose to use your cunning action or you can use steady aim. You can't dash or disengage if yeah. you instead give yourself just advantage. Yeah, I really like steady aim. I think it's yeah. pretty solid. Alright. So if we go through the archetypes, the very first one's called Arcane Trickster. So some rogues enhance their fine honed uh, skills of stealth and agility with magic, learning tricks of enchantment and illusion. These rogues include pickpockets and burglars, but also pranksters, mischief makers, and a significant number of adventures. So they're like funny assholes. <laughs> they're little little wizard boys who little wizard boys. Who can only use the uh, dumb uh, wizard magic archetypes. <laughs> Being that of bar a couple of later levels where you can dip into any other magical uh, school. You're really only getting your illusion and your enchantment spells. So when it comes to like their magic, is it like the wizards where they have to have like a, kind of like a wizard book with them? Uh, spell book? Or is it more like uh, what do you call them? Uh, the sorcerers where you just kind of like know them? Uh, I've always seen it as uh, wizard. I mean, they do use, like, it says right here, like, uh, learn another wizard cantor for your choice or something. It uses specifically from the wizard spell list. Yeah. But I don't think it says anything about an actual, like, spell book. Which I find that kind of interesting. 
also make sense and not make sense at the same time. Because when it comes to like Arcane Trickster, I don't see like, oh, a smart guy. Yeah, it looks like um, smart pants. They don't need they they don't need any spellbook or anything. Damn. Okay. Good for them. So we're like, uh, cantrips. You learn three cantrips: mage hand, two other cantrips of your choice. Uh, get the spell slots. Where are we looking at? Uh, cast your wizard spells at first level and higher to cast one of these spells. Same old. Yeah, and really, the mage hand There's is the, table. the the overall like focus. I mean, granted, you're doing magic, but a lot of the skills of the arcane trickster revolve around the mage hand. They get a, a bit of a special mage hand, which we'll see in their first ability, Mage Hand, Ledger Domain. So this is interesting. The spell attack modifier actually uses your intelligence modifier. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Never really thought about what kind of uh, modifier they'd be using, but it's intelligence, yeah. Yep, they're, they're uh, an intelligence-based class. Very true. You've got me there. Also, if you're looking at the spell slots per spell level on their uh, little table thing they provide, the highest they can go is that fourth level, and you don't get that fourth level slot until 19. So if you're going on a normal campaign that ends around 10, you're never going to see, like, three or four. So you get first and second level. You reach your second one at level seven. So, yeah, you'll just get those first two uh, spell levels. Yeah, they're much like uh, the... What, like paladins, I guess, or um, any half caster, technically? I think they're technically like third casters. Uh, I think paladins even get to level five. But really? They're, they're like um, eldritch knights. Oh, uh, okay. <clears throat> okay, that's cool. I mean, I guess they'd be more likely to be using a more, uh, what do you call it, more in a assholey kind of way than actual, like, Usefulness. <laughs> I see him in a more yeah. bard-like way in my mind. Well, beyond getting a couple of um, spells from other classes as you kind of level up, you really are only allowed to pick from the enchantment and illusion spell list. Oh, so. oh yeah, I forgot how specific that was for that. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah, so that re- that's very bardish then. It, it's literally meant to be a misdirection or a charm type spell you're really only supplementing your kind of devious trickster kind of role through magic rather than actually using magic to like hurt somebody like uh, I believe it's level 8, 14, and 20 Uh, the spell you learn for that level can come from a different school of magic but beyond that you really just have to do enchantment or illusion much like the eldritch knight is gated to only having evocation and abjuration hmm. so looking at other stuff the features that the uh, arcane trickster can do um, starting at level I feel like you don't get too much love it looks like looking at their whole feature list but starting at third level when you can cast mage hand you can make expect you know the mage hand spell. We can make a hand invisible and you can perform tasks with it, like a stone object in the hand holding in a container 
or you can retrieve an object in a container. You can use thieves tools with it to some traps from range. Um, yeah, you, you just do mage hand. It is a, a special mage hand in that regular mage hand actually is visible. You can see it happen, whereas this one is invisible. Uh, and okay. the, the things that it can do are special to the arcane trickster. Usually you can't use, like, thieves tool. Oh, that's very what handy, not? then. Okay. You oh, are, that's pretty strong, then. Yeah, I you're almost three. specifically able to use your mage hand to do thief shit, in which you're not usually allowed to. <laughs> nice. And okay, you can, that's cool. And you can use that as a bonus action with your cunning action, which is nice. And then, I feel like it takes too long for this like subclass to actually do anything you don't get anything else until ninth level but you get magical ambush and if you're hidden from a creature when you cast a spell on it the creature has disadvantage on any saving throw it makes against that spell that's this turn which is really cool especially if you're like an illusion based uh caster and then at 13th level you get first little trickster you gain the ability to distract uh targets with your main chance which is kind of cool like, you just kind of, like, slap him in the face, and you're just like, oh, fuck. So it has a bonus action on your turn. You can designate a creature within five feet of your spectral hand created by your spell, and doing so gives you advantage on attack rolls against that creature until the end of the turn. So, which then there's your sneak attack. Your, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very supplemental, and even though it does seem like a lot of these are very spaced out, you got to remember that you got a lot of those really good, like, rogue uh, abilities coming. Like, in between your mage hand ledgerman and your magical ambush you're getting uncanny dodge and evasion and all that nonsense <laughs> so when i'm looking at arcane trickster i'm looking at the mage hand subclass mm -hmm. pretty much <laughs> and then finally uh filling it out you got the old spell thief yeah, it's a uh, 17th level, which is way high. You gain the ability to magically seal the knowledge of how to cast a spell from another spellcaster. So immediately after a creature casts a spell that targets you or includes you in an area of effect, you can use your reaction to force the creature to make a saving throw with its spellcasting ability modifier. So the DC equals your spell save DC. So on a failed save, you negate the spell's effect against you and you steal the knowledge of the spell but at least first level, end of a level you can cast. It doesn't need to be a wizard spell. For the next eight hours, you know the spell can cast it using your spell slots. Teacher can't cast that spell until the eight hours have passed. So you've stolen a low-level spell. Yeah, like at that point of 17, it can be a third level. So I, I feel like for a spell thief, it would be so much cooler if it was a lower-level feature. Yeah, it would be a lot cooler. but Because even at 17th level, you don't have it forever. You have it for a limited time. Mm -hmm. And, that, and that'd it's, be a, it's a low level for 17th level. Like, yeah. at that point, you're just like, I'll just sneak attack. <laughs> well, technically, but, I mean, you steal the spell and they can't do it again. But, I mean... Yeah, for the next eight hours especially. It's it's useful if you have something like, uh, say, the counter spell you all of a sudden know Counterspell for the next eight hours. Oh yeah, that's, that's pretty useful. But it, it is very, like, niche. 
and it's so high up there for this spell like i mean yeah, th- yeah it's so niche at this point that yeah, like I mean, what's the point yeah especially as you'll see in some of the later uh, archetypes it it's a bit lackluster it could be used for some cool things but i don't really think it is up to some of the things we're gonna be seeing so look at an arcane trickster would you play it I mean, I, I would try it out, but it's definitely not on the top of my list for uh, a rogue. As someone who always wants to be a magic doer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like Mandy especially would love all the different shenanigans she could get in too. Oh my god! With yes. her mage uh, hand. Yeah, I don't. I don't need magic to kill people. I just want to fuck with people. Like and that's. Arcane Tricks would be really, really fun in a roleplay heavy game. Yes. Like if it was, uh, oh, what's that one we played? Um, Dragon Heist? Yeah. Arcane Tricks would be dope. I think I played an Arcane Trickster once, but it wasn't for very long. It was probably in the campaign where you killed me four times. We don't speak of that campaign. <laughs> the campaign never happened. West marches. <laughs> So I would like to play an arcane trickster again because I feel like I didn't really get to like super play it. Yeah, that be that would be a fun one to role play with. All right, going to the next one, the assassin. So you, I feel like this is the one class that everyone kind of wants to play at one point, just to like murder hobo. You know, if you want to go full out on that, assassin's the way to go. So, huh? We call this one the reverse Oreo. You'll you'll see what I mean. <laughs> okay. So you focus your training on the grim art, the grim art of death. Those who adhere to this archetype are diverse hired killers, spies, bounty hunters, and especially anointed priests trained to exterminate the enemies of the deity. That's kind of cool. Stealth, poison, disguise help you eliminate your foes with deadly efficiency. So you gain uh, bonus proficiencies as if they needed more. So when you choose archetype at third level, you gain proficiency with the disguise kit and the poisoner's kit, which is cool. Yeah, no, this is this is uh, Assassin's Creed, the rogue archetype. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you gain the ability to assassinate, is what it calls. So starting at third level, you are at your deadliest when you get the drop on your enemies. You have advantage on attack rolls against any creature that hasn't taken a turn in combat yet. In addition, any hit you score against a creature that is surprised is a critical. So the, the surprise thing is like really cool, but I feel like that one part, you can have, you have advantage on attack rolls against any creature that hasn't taken a turn in combat yet. Yeah, honestly, so, that's, that's gonna be the, the part that you're gonna focus on more in this. Uh, <laughs> technically, there's no such thing as like surprise in D&D. So that's to your, kind of your DM's discretion. Um, but being able to get that early advantage is nice. So basically, you have to go all in on decks. So assassin, you can't have a strength build assassin. That's like a, you can't be a thing. And you can't use this at all. You get the bottom of the like order, you'd never be able to use it. <laughs> So, I mean, that's still cool, especially with the uh, hit your score. I mean, 
any hit you score against a creature that is surprised is a critical hit. I think it's kind of weird they say is surprised when, I mean, there isn't like surprise is interesting point, but critical hit is like nothing to laugh about. You, you could almost think of that as like in Assassin's Creed, you're sneaking up behind somebody and you do that one hidden blade attack into their back. All of a sudden, oh shit, it's a critical hit. They're dead. <laughs> that is so roguish like this whole thing like if you're making a rogue assassin is what people think of I think in my mind either it's thief or assassin mm-hmm. I have, as the biggest uh, edgelord I have both of those on deck for whenever I make <laughs> a rogue I'm not even surprised <laughs> you're so edgy so like edgy. The edge. The edge is fun. <laughs> and then starting at ninth level, you can gain something called infiltration expertise. So you you can unfailingly create false identities for yourself. You will spend seven days, which is insanely long for a, <laughs> us. <laughs> uh, and 25 gold pieces to establish the history, profession, and affiliations for an identity, which is like really cool you can't establish an identity that belongs to someone else for example you might acquire appropriate clothing letters of introduction an official looking certification to establish yourself as a member of a trading house from a remote city so you you can insinuate yourself into the company of other wealthy merchants thereafter if you adopt the new identity as a disguise other creatures believe you to be that person until given obvious reason not to we call this identity fraud Yeah, pretty much. The one thing is crazy though, it's like you must spend seven days. Yeah. No one's gonna wait seven days. It's a very niche ability. It could be really fun in a um, RP based campaign, especially one where you're doing a lot of like infiltration and political intrigue, but it's also one that you may never use ever. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's the seven days part. Like it totally makes sense. And you could probably only use... I mean, it's at ninth level, so it's actually not that bad, but... Yeah. If you had... Like, if you were... If you knew what your plan was way ahead of time, and you were (laughs) on a mission somewhere, you could do it. That would be, like... It could set up so many cool moments for this. Like, I would love to have, like, some infiltration... What's that movie? Like, um... Ocean's Eleven kind of shit going on. Oh, that would be, that would be so much fun with this. Yeah, uh, again, going back to uh, like a dragon heist type thing, it would be oh, yeah. really really good. Um, As a wealthy granted, merchant, granted, this comes at level nine. Oh yeah, that's true. You would never get that in time. Yeah, true. <laughs> Forget sure that. Like... Campaigns. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, moving on, it goes, uh, you gain Imposter, so at 13th level, you gain the ability to unerringly mimic another person's speech, writing, and behavior. You must spend at least three hours doing these three components of the person's behavior, listening to speech, examining handwriting, and observing mannerisms, so your ruse is indis- indiscernible to the casual observer. Aware um, creature suspects something is amiss, you have advantage on deception check to make your avoid detection. I would use that 
just to mock someone in my party. <laughs> I was literally just thinking that. Just like... <laughs> just yeah. suddenly sound like I'm like an ass. This, this one could also go well with um, the infiltration expertise. Say oh, yeah. you use that to get into some sort of secret organization in which maybe you work your way up the chain to... You find out everyone speaks in a Boston accent. Now you can do it flawlessly. Exactly. Or you, you find out... <laughs> what the boss speaks like what he writes like and his behavior and all of a sudden you then make another uh, identity that is essentially that boss I find this really fascinating that it's called assassin mm-hmm. and so far none of them's really I mean besides like you know assassinate third level yeah. is very assassinish. it's very instead like spy just I mean, wait for next we have yeah and then when i say that we have death strike <laughs> so starting at seven you become a master of instant death <laughs> everything went downhill right after that <laughs> when you attack and hit a creature that is surprised it must make a constitution saving throw so a dc8 plus your dex, dex modifier plus your proficiency bonus so which is already high so on a failed save, you double the damage of your attack against the creature. So if you go back to assassinate, it's already that's, a it's already a critical hit. So you double your critical hit. You double double. You quadruple. And at level seventeen, your uh, sneak attack is oh Jesus, what 96. was that like ninety six? Oh my god. So, most definitely a death strike. And at that point, you're going to have D8 plus, you're probably going to have plus 5 to dexterity, if not more for some reason. And then that plus 6 to proficiency. So, see, 5, 8, that's a 19 DC. Jared, oh my god. Okay, so I guess the assassin finally makes sense at level 17. <laughs> as I said earlier, it's a bit of a, a bit of a reverse Oreo in that you get kind of those those good creamy bits on the outside and on the inside. <laughs> you get some good role play. Ah, uh, yes, those soft creamy bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the creams <laughs> on the outside, and it's all cookie on the inside. And that cookie is roleplay. There's got to be a not better example for this than a reverse Oreo. The good I stuff's on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, for the assassin, would you play the assassin? Oh, I'd definitely play an assassin. That's just edge. Say an edgier sentence than starting at the 17th level, you become the master of instant death. <laughs> I don't think I would play this unless I knew we were playing like a roleplay heavy yeah. campaign. Yeah. What about you, Mandy? Would you play the assassin subclass? I. It just doesn't seem as fun to me. It's true. It just doesn't seem as fun. Very like niche. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing that is... The imposter. I mean, you don't really get to really killing shit until 17th. 
that's the one thing that's kind of uh, kept me away from the Assassin subclass. I really like it, and there's a lot of potential, but you have to be in just the right campaign to make it shine. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm like, uh, yeah, one day I'll use this ability. Yeah, at that point, you're literally just a base yeah, rogue. You're just a with, base rogue. With, like, proficiency in disguise and poisoner kit and the ability to get a really good first turn, but beyond that, it's up to the DM to make the other two, like, middle abilities kind of shine. Yeah, it definitely depends on what kind of campaign you're playing. Otherwise, you're just which I think is really cool. So, as an arc... <laughs> I hate this word. Archetypal? Archetypal. Archetypal. Inquisitive. You excel at rooting out secrets and unraveling mysteries. You rely on your sharp eye for detail, but also on your finely honed ability to read the words and deeds of other creatures to determine their true intent. You excel at defeating creatures that hide among and prey upon ordinary folk, and your mastery of lore and your keen deductions make you well-equipped to expose and end hidden evils. So, you're a private eye. You're the, this is the Sherlock Holmes architect. Yes, you are the Sherlock Holmes of rogues. Which I think is super cool. Like, this is like, so for the first one, that isn't like, you're the murderer, you're the, you're yeah. another edgelord, prepare yourself. I, I will say that Xanathar's was really good in kind of breaking that kind of stereotypical trend for rogues and oh is that oh yeah i guess that was a xanathar's yeah inquisitive mastermind and scout and swashbuckler dang they added a lot xanathar's my god so they got several things at third level so they have ear for deceit when he chooses thing at third level you develop a talent for picking out lies whenever you make a wisdom an insight check to determine whether the creature is lying treat a roll of seven or lower on d20 as an eight so you're already pretty fucking good yeah, with proficiencies this, uh, <laughs> this is kind of like the rogues um reliable talent trait just a little bit earlier and only yeah bad, of course but... and it's like yeah slightly nerfed because you treat a roll of seven rather than like a, like a what was it a, a nine or lower yeah and then you also get the eye for details also at third level you can gain uh, a bonus action to make a perception check to spot a hidden creature or object or make an investigation check or decipher clues this would actually be really good for uh tomb of annihilation mm-hmm. my god i worried a lot about that and also for level three <laughs> also for level three yeah insightful fighting you gain the ability to decipher an opponent's tactics and develop a counter to them as a bonus action, you can make an insight check against a creature you can see that isn't incapacitated. Contest targets deception check. So if you succeed, you can use your sneak attack against the target, even if you don't have advantage on the attack roll. As long as you don't have disadvantage. That's actually, like, crazy handy. I mean, if you succeed in insight, you get sneak attack. This kind of reminds me of the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes scene. Where he's oh, like goes analyzing, motion? yeah. That's oh, kind of that was the best of. part. Yeah, this is this is definitely Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. from that movie. <laughs> like they watch it and they're like, let's just make a subclass out of this guy. And then at uh, ninth level, you gain something called Steady Eye. You have advantage on any perception or investigation check, 
if you move no more than half your speed on the same turn. Which I find kind of interesting. So is that just like a boost onto insightful fighting? Uh, it's. I think that's. Well, it doesn't more say that's it, it insight. This is perception investigation. Yeah, this is. Kind of, this would be useful, once again, for like Tomb of Annihilation, any kind of dungeon crawl, or maybe you're going against a creature that hides a lot. It'd be really good to. Uh... Dang, yeah, that would be really handy. I just find it interesting that you can't move more than half your speed on the same turn. Yeah, it's kind of like you're you're taking your time. You're making sure that, that you take everything in rather than like just kind of trudging ahead full speed. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I like it. <laughs> and then you gain unerring eye beginning at 13th level. Your senses are almost impossible to foil. So as an action, you sense the presence of illusions, shape-changers not in their original form, and other magic designed to deceive the senses within 30 feet of you, provided you are blind or deaf. You sense that an effect is attempting to trick you, but you gain no insight into what is hidden or into, you, uh, or into its true nature. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier, and blah blah blah, long rest. So what do you think of that one? Um... It's a bit niche, but it could be really good, uh, especially if you're, say, infiltrating a mage's lair, or maybe you can um, you can use it against like a dungeon that has some sort of illusionary trap of some sort, or maybe you're going against like an oni. I find this one really this subclass so far to be really interesting because. Like, all of their features is literally perception checks. Yeah. You're essentially that rogue that has an eye for detail. A, uh, that passive uh, perception is like a 24 constantly. They took the observant feet as well. <laughs> Nothing gets by me. I don't know. Uh, I have to see what the last one is. Even though it's a 17th level, but... I for weakness. So at 17th level, you learn to exploit a creature's weaknesses by carefully studying its tactics and movement. So while your insightful fighting feature applies to a creature, your sneak attack damage against that creature increases by 3d6. So what is it, 96, so 9, 10, 11, so 12d6? And one level later, it, or two levels later, it's 13d6. Yeah, that's true. You get 13d6. Oh god. I don't know about this class. Would you play this one? Like, I don't I was kinda interested before just to what it sounds like as the Sherlock Holmes, but you fill in one niche and that is perception and like investigation checks. If I was playing a mystery campaign, I would play this and I would ham it up like a motherfucker. <laughs> I guess that would be the only way for me too, but I, don't, I just don't see him as fun anymore. What do you think about the Sherlock Holmes subclass, Mandy? No, I... I... No. Well, that was great. It's, it's, not, her dog. it's, not, it's not for me. I would rather be causing mischief with the, the, the arcane trickster. Thank you very much. Yeah, I don't see very, like... This is too serious of a subclass for me. I'm in a podcast full of chaos goblins. Yeah. (laughs) 
I've never oh, not Elvis. played a chaotic character. That's who I am. All right, moving on to Mastermind. Your focus is on people and on the influence and secrets they have. Many spies, quarters, courtiers, schemers follow this archetype, leading lives of intrigue. Words are your weapons, as often as knives or poison, and secrets and favors are some of your favorite treasures. So this is the main character of the rogue. This is what it's sounding like. Though Joe has never seen it, this is the little finger of... Uh rogue classes a character from game of thrones oh i'll never watch it i mean how have you never seen game of thrones but tiffany did tiffany Mm -hmm. made it like to the fourth season we only made it to the red wedding and then we just never kept it going we're i think it was that i don't think it was at the time that they haven't made more episodes after that i don't remember we just stopped watching I know uh, me and Tiffany watched it for a little bit and stopped watching. It's hard when you are used to binge watching things and then you get hooked on something that is still filming. <laughs> yeah, and then it just kind of dies. Just kind of like Doctor Who to me. It's just like I watched every single thing until like the new Doctor came out, but I had to wait like a year for it and it just kind of fell off my radar. Yeah. See, I made Mandy binge watch Game of Thrones right before the final season came out, and by the time terrible person. By the time she uh... eight seasons within like two weeks, so that we could watch the finale of the day that it came out. Was it worth it? No. (laughs) (laughs) We should have stopped at seven. (laughs) Now there there's some fun parts, but. We won't get into that. Back to the mastermind <laughs> rogue. All right. So at third level, you gain something called Master of Intrigue. You gain proficiency with a disguise kit, the forgery kit, and one gaming set of your choice, which is kind of random. You also learn two languages of your choice. So you're just smart pants. That it's a hustle. That's true. And you can unerringly mimic the speech patterns and accent of a creature that you hear speak for at least one minute, enabling you to pass yourself off as a native speaker of a particular land, par- provided that you know the language. Fuck the actor feet. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think it's the actor I'm a rogue. Feet. I think so. Uh, you also gain Master of Tactics, so you can use the help action as a bonus action. So help is you can lend your aid to another uh, creature in the completion of a task. So when you take the help action, the creature you aid gains advantage on the next ability check. It makes it to the, you know, performance. That's kind of neat. Uh, additionally, when you use the help action to aid an ally in attacking a creature, the target of that attack can be within 30 feet of you rather than within 5 feet of you. That's crazy. Yeah, so essentially, if your fighter is up close and personal with the enemy you can shout from uh, 30 feet away if you throw stones or something and give them that that critical advantage yeah that's the uh, last part I'm reading uh, for the help action if your ally attacks the target before your next turn the first attack is advantage so you can actually do that within 30 feet mm-hmm. which is pretty cool that could be super handy Especially if you're playing with like a bunch of tanks or fighters or something. Yeah, and it's only a bonus action, so you can still yeah. attack off and then give the advantage to uh, your friend. 
that's a straight up just helpful mm-hmm. like it, I don't think it's OP in any way either it's just nice is that do you have like a no you can use that uh, it's just uh, use it's the bonus, bonus action, action. Yeah. yeah that's cool then at starting at level 9 you get insightful manipulator so if you spend at least one minute observing or interacting with uh, another creature outside combat you can learn certain information about its capabilities compared to your own DM tells you if the creature is your equal, superior, or inferior in regard to two of the following characteristics of your choice, like intelligence score, wisdom score, charisma score, or class levels if they have any. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's that king uh, a higher level than me. No, <laughs> I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> I don't know. Could be helpful. It, it could be helpful. Um, it could be helpful, especially if you're trying to size up. Say, you guys are uh, a bunch of uh, less than respectable fellows, and you're traveling down the beaten path at night. You stroll up to a camp, and you decide to observe the the uh, loving family that's just trying to eat dinner. Oh Jesus! And you find out that they're uh, direction lower going level than you. And you're just like, oh, they're uh, lower level than me? Okay, well, I'm going to attack them, and I'm going <laughs> to steal all their things, because I'm a rogue. I was going to think a different direction with that, but I guess it's okay. I was thinking this is very, like, a planned kind of feature, so if you're going against, like, a BBEG kind of character or, like, a tougher-looking thing, you would yeah. take a look at it and be like, okay, what saving throws can we throw at them where you would just fail? kind of shit yeah I mean we could use it both ways you could use it to size up the BBEG or you could use it to rob a loving family uh. <laughs> the duality of D&D and then uh, misdirection beginning at 13 of the week it sometimes cause another creature to suffer an attack meant for you when you're targeted by an attack while a creature within five feet of you granting you cover against the attack, you use your reaction to have the attack target the creature, uh, to have the attack target that creature instead of you. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also agree. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there like, um, there's a fighter thing that does the same thing, right? Or is it? Um, no, I think it only causes disadvantage or something. There, there are a couple of things. So, um, attack all creatures in five feet of you is granting you cover against that attack. Huh. Everything's reaction. Yeah, there's there's kind of it's kind of like um, a misdirection that you can use as a rune knight fighter, where you can redirect an attack to somebody near you, but that's within thirty feet a little bit stronger oh, but oh this one's right. pretty cool uh, and this one only uses the reaction and it seems like you can use it as many times as you want you can only use it <laughs> if someone's nearby though like if it's like you and your friend and then that person misdirected to the paladin like oh, fuck you <laughs> I mean it, it's it's very useful especially for a more squishy rogue I feel like they'd be really good in groups. Like, this is, like, the first one that I feel like in the entire Rogue class subclasses that would actually do well in a group. Yeah. 
especially say you have three people surrounding you you just misdirect uh, one of their attacks to the other one and you can do it every turn yeah and then then... use your bonus action to disengage (laughs) that's true uh, 17th level, you gain Soul of Deceit, so your thoughts can't be read telepathically or other means unless you allow it. You can present false thoughts by succeeding a deception check against their inside check. Additionally, no matter what you say, magic that would determine if you are telling the truth indicates you are being truthful if you so choose. So you're, you're the anti-lie detector. Yeah, you're the anti-lie detector. I feel like that's kind of lame. It's very niche. Uh, if you're cool, going, but... if you're in like a an illicit heavy campaign, like sure. Yeah, I guess so. But that's at 17th level. That's a pretty kind of disappointing. Yeah. Super strong at that one moment, but the rest of the campaign is pretty useless. Yeah, uh, this class kind of seems okay, but yeah, it's just not for me. Yeah, it has things going for it, but it's probably towards the bottom of my list. Like, I wouldn't even know how to, like, play a mastermind. Like, they're spies, basically. Yeah, it's basically like a spy in my head. Like, I can't play a spy. I can't do it. I'm too chaos for that. Spies are too smart. (laughs) You're <laughs> yourself dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to a mastermind, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm I'm not as smart as a mastermind. I That's no hard. CIA like agent. it's it's easier to play someone who's dumb, but how do you play someone who is smarter than you are? Mm. Like, I don't know. That's why I don't play like intelligence based like classes. I can't pretend to be smart. Maybe I can pretend to use big words, but. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. DM, pretend I'm smart. Do I see stuff? Do I know this? I say that all the time. <laughs> like, I don't know the answer to this, but does Carcass know what this yeah, is? Carcass is smart, right? <laughs> yeah, I, what, what is, Carcass doesn't have an intelligence. What's his oh, intelligence? Fucking He's not dumb. No. Your dumb stats charisma. Yeah. I don't remember. His intelligence isn't high, though. No. It is... That's what the wizard's for. <laughs> he's, he's 10. Okay. Uh, he's got average. average. Yeah. He's fucking wise, though. Yeah, true. He <laughs> like. So, going to the next one, we have the brand new one that just came out. The Phantom. So many rogues walk a fine line between life and death, risking their own lives and taking the lives of others. While adventuring on the line, some rogues discover a mystical connection to death itself. These rogues take knowledge from the dead and become immersed in negative energy, eventually becoming like ghosts. Thieves' guilds value them as highly efficient or effective information gatherers and spies. That's the first paragraph. This is actually a long, like... Yeah, it gets into some lower <laughs> stuff. And... Yeah, if you're Shadar Kai or whatever, it's good for you. It says something about Temples of Death. That sounds kind of cool. That's so metal. This from is... the Temple of Death. 
this is spooky ghost rogue. Yeah. So at third level, you gain whispers of the dead. So echoes of, and you know something I'm noticing about this new one, it has so much flavor text than the other ones did. Yeah. Those are like at third level, you get advantage on perception checks. This one's like echoes of those who have died cling to you. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you finish a short or long rest, you can choose one skill or tool proficiency that you lack and gain it. So if you don't have all of them already, you get this one too. As a ghostly presence shares its knowledge with you, you lose the proficiency when you use this feature to choose a different proficiency that you lack. So you're like, hey, dead guy, how do I do this? Hey, guys, today I'm possessed by a carpenter. <laughs> All ready to build that fence. <laughs> and then, also a third level, you get whales from the grave. As you nudge someone closer to the grave, you can channel the power of death to someone else as well. Immediately after you deal your sneak attack damage to a creature on your turn, you can target a second creature that you can see within 30 feet of the first creature. Roll half the number of sneak attack dice for your level, round it up, and the second creature takes necrotic damage equal to the roll's total as wails of the dead sound around them for a moment. That's, That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. It gives you a little bit extra damage. Yeah. And it gives you that extra opportunity to not just be like the one-on-one the -on -one kind of damage guy, so you can actually split it up. That's cool. This flavor text, my god. <laughs> I like it. It's whales like of the dead sound around them. <laughs> and then we go to the ninth level phantom feature, the departed. When a life ends in your presence, you're able to snatch a token from the departing soul. A sliver of its life essence that takes a physical form. As a reaction, when a creature you can see dies within 30 feet of you, you can open your free hand and cause a tiny trinket to appear there. A soul trinket. The DM determines the trinket's form as you roll on the trinket table uh, to, work, to generate it, I guess, if you want to. You can have a maximum number of soul trinkets equal to your proficiency bonus, and you can't create one while you're at your maximum. You can use soul trinkets in the following ways. So, while a soul trinket is on your person, you have advantage on death saving throws and constitution saving throws. For your vitality is enhanced by the life essence within the object. That's handy as fuck. Also, when you deal sneak attack damage on your turn, you can destroy one of your soul trinkets that's on your person and then immediately use whales from the grave without expending a use of that feature. Holy cow. Dang, that's... Good shit. And also, as an action, you can destroy one of your soul trinkets no matter where it's located. When you do so, you can ask the spirit associated with the trinket one question. The spirit appears to you and answers in a language it knew in life. It's under no obligation to be truthful, and it answers as concisely as possible, eager to be free. The spirit knows only what it knew in life as determined by the DM. That one's weird. Pretty interesting. Looks like a little mini uh, talk with the or speak with the dead. Yeah. Man, that's so... This class is creepy as fuck. Yeah, this is definitely the more uh, spooky kind of... This would, this would go well in like a Curse of Strahd campaign. <laughs> I killed the person, and then I steal your soul. <laughs> you just have these little weird trinkets just around your belt. You can like... make really fun... Uh, <laughs> 
like evil campaign rogue out of this. Oh my god, no kidding. I like how unique it is. Eh. <laughs> this one's got a lot of features. So, 13th level, you get Ghost Walk. You can phase partially into the realm of the dead, becoming like a ghost. As a bonus action, you assume a spectral form. While in this form, you have a flying speed of 10 feet. You can hover, and attack rolls have disadvantage against you. You can also move through creatures and objects as they were difficult terrain, but you take a d10 force damage if you, you know, end up inside of it. Uh, you stay in this form for 10 minutes or until you end, end it with a bonus action. To use the feature again, finish a long rest, blah, blah, blah. So you're a ghost for 10 minutes. Yeah, this is uh, the Danny Phantom feature. <laughs> That's kind of... Well, you could definitely use that just to fuck with people. No, just yeah. go through a wall next to someone's bed and just like... This is a really good um, like infiltrator ability. See, I like the different ways we look at this. <laughs> I'm fucking with people and you're just like, I could infiltrate this castle and just like look around. <laughs> I like that feature. It's kind of... it's It can be really handy. But you're not like invisible or anything, right? Yeah. So it's like But you're slow though. Ten feet? Yeah. I mean it's it's good enough to move like through a wall or Yeah, I guess if you want to see what's on the other side of the door, just turn into a ghost real quick. Stick your head through. Alright, and then going to seventeenth level Phantom feature, you get Death's Friend. Your association with Death Death has become so close that you can gain the following benefits. When you use your whales from the grave, you can deal the necrotic damage to both the first and the second creature. And at the end of a long rest, a soul trinket appears in your hand if you don't have any soul trinkets, as the spirits of the dead are drawn to you. Meh. Hmm. That sounds kind of disappointing to me. Yeah. What kind of whale do you think is coming from the grave? Well, it probably doesn't sound very pleasant. Maybe like a like a blue whale. Yeah. Oh my god. I imagine it to be like um, Dory into <laughs> speaking whale. Oh god! Hey, guys. <laughs> How did I not see this guy? <laughs> I walked right into us. It's like, oh, this is over. Go, probably. Um, the the whale of the great. Uh, feature of Death's Friend. It, it could be strong. Uh, at that point, you're getting just a little bit of extra damage on that main target. Um, the, the soul but at 17th thing. level, it doesn't seem like good enough. Yeah, it kind of uh, reminds me of like the level 20 ability of like a fucking monk. Yeah. It's like, what's the point? Like, this is just like a little cherry on top more yeah. than anything else. If anything, it gives you like an extra feature of your uh, whales from the grave. I guess the second one's okay. I mean, after a long rest, you just get a soul trinket. Which yeah. I guess is you don't have to earn it; you just have it now. And maybe that soul could have some little uh, nugget of wisdom as to what you're about to go against. That one's actually kind of interesting. I didn't think about it. Like, when you actively, like, kill a person, then you kind of already know, like, possibly what's going to happen. But now it's just, like, a random mm -hmm. 
trinket. It could just be like some old lady down the lane. <laughs> kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Play this one? I would do- totally play this one. I think I could. Depending on the campaign. Yeah, if it, if it was like a Curse of Strahd or something darker like that, maybe like Halloween themed, I would consider doing a. See, I would go a different direction with this. I would play the most upbeat, happy person. And then everyone's just looking at him like they're utterly insane. I'm just like, what? <laughs> Look, it's a goose. It could be a really fun character for sure. <laughs> I, I like this more than like the mastermind and the inquisitive. Yeah, I, re- I like this one way better. Like it wouldn't be like my first choice for rogue, but maybe my second or third. Let's go to scout real quick. Your skill. So this is like Ranger Rogue. You're skilled in stealth and surviving far from the streets of a city, allowing you to scout ahead of your companions during expeditions. So I guess if like your group doesn't have a ranger, this fulfills that kind of part. This is actually a really good uh, subclass in my opinion. I haven't actually. I don't think I've ever looked at the scout. So starting at third level, you get skirmisher. You're difficult to pen down during a fight. You can move up half your speed as a reaction. So when an enemy ends its turn within five feet of you, this movement doesn't provoke opportunity attacks. So, so you can just monk it around. Especially like the mobile feet uh, a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, it would be the mobile feet. Yeah. Then let's see. Also at third level, you get survivalist. You gain proficiency in the nature of survival skills. Ranger, if you don't already have it. Your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check you make using those other either of either of those proficiencies. So essentially you have expertise and nature and survival. Yeah. Ranger, you're you've taken over the ranger. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then at ninth level you get uh, superior mobility. Your walking speed increases by ten feet. And if you have climbing ability that also applies to that speed as well. Just get a little bit faster. Yeah. It's not bad, guy. Yeah. And Ambush Master at 13th level, you excel at leading ambushes and acting first in a fight, so you have advantage on the initiative rolls. Also, oh, a little extra. The first creature you hit during the first round of combat becomes easier for you and, and others to strike, so attack rolls against that target have advantage until the start of the next turn. You being like, hey, look at this one, guys. Yeah, let's fuck this guy up. <laughs> hey, fuck this guy. He's got a funny face. <laughs> just smack this guy and be like, fuck you. And everyone else is just like, fuck you. I hey, like guys, it. look, it looks like he's about to cry. <laughs> I'll fucking hit him. Then <laughs> starting at 17th level, you get sudden strike. You can strike with deadly speed if you attack it. If you take the attack action on your turn. You can make one additional attack as a bonus action. Wow, a 17th level? Amazing! Fighters everywhere laugh. This attack can benefit from your sneak attack, even if you have already used it this turn. Okay, that's actually kind of good. But he can't use your sneak attack against the same target more than once in a turn. Okay, so you can... two uh, 96s at level 17. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> now, this I don't is... know. It's underwhelming. I found this guy underwhelming. I, I really like the scout. Uh, I think it's a good uh, deviation. It, w- it was one of the first kind of deviations away from the 
stereotypical rogue for me. And um, if if I kept my first character that I ever made for your campaign, Boren, he was going to be a scout. Oh. Huh. Get that plus 10 movement speed. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed the skirmisher ability. Makes him really good at kind of getting in the fray of things and uh, getting out. It's a little um, underwhelming, but I think flavor, um, it could be a fun character. It looks like base rogue, like, plus a little bit more. Yeah. Which... Like, this is actually the first one that doesn't have, like, a third level ability that's specifically about sneak attack. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Yeah, it's Since it's such a big thing for the rogue. It's a very easy and vanilla subclass, but it's also, it has some things that can, that can really help. It's just I guess if bad. you're playing Tomb Annihilation or some like, you know, wilderness survival type thing, this would be the one to take if you wanted to play a rogue, but I wouldn't play it. I don't know. It seems too vanilla for me. Mandy, do you like this vanilla nature class? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. If, if the class is described as vanilla, no, listen. I, I play D&D <laughs> to be a little fuck, honestly. And ah, there it is. I can't, no. <laughs> I, 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 want, I, I want to have fun. I want to turn into animals and use my mage hand to give people wedgies. And turn into a spider to go be a, a, a spy and use my disguise <laughs> self to pretend to be somebody else. Not to, like, do anything advantageous, but really to just go fuck with people. So, yeah, no, I'm not playing no boring-ass <laughs> scout. Okay, so <laughs> I'm guessing that's a No. <laughs> All right, no. go to the next one. This is also the new one. I've never read this one. Knife. This one's kind of cool. I read it back when it first came out. Uh, so most assassins strike with physical weapons. And many burglars and spies use thieves' tools to infiltrate secure locations. In contrast, the soul knife strikes and infiltrates with the mind, cutting through barriers both physical and psychic. Mm. These rogues discover psionic power within themselves and channel it to their roguish work. They find easy employment as members of the Thieves Guild, though they are often mistrusted by rogues, I wonder why, who are mm -hmm. leery of anyone using strange mind powers to conduct their business. Most governments would also be happy to employ a soul knife as a spy. Alright, this one sounds up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the third level soul knife feature is called Psionic Power, so you harbor a wellspring of psionic energy within yourself. This energy is represented by your psionic energy dice which are each a D6, you have a number of these dice equal to twice your proficiency bonus, and they fuel various psionic powers you have, which are detailed below. Some Can of your you powers... Can define what psionic means? It's, uh, like, it's like mind powers. Why don't they just say psychic? Psionics. I think psionic was a thing back in, like, third edition, right? Uh, or am I wrong? I mean, I, there, there was... An past editions there were psionic like does psionic is the psionic 
shit creates psychic damage? Um, probably. Then it should just be called psychic. (laughs) (laughs) I think they do it as like a traditional thing. Like they've been trying to make psionic a thing for years. And I think this is the closest thing they got. So the definition of psionic is relating to or denoting the practical use of psychic powers. Yeah, it's just fucking psychic. Yeah. You're psychic. You use psychic shit. <laughs> anyway. So what you could do with it, you can use psi bolstered neck, which is when your non-psionic training fails you, your psionic power can help. If you fail an ability check using a skill or tool with which you have proficiency in, you could roll one of the psionic energy die and add the number rolled to the check, potentially turning failure into a success. So it's kind of like the bardic inspiration a little bit. Yeah. And then you get psychic whispers. You can establish a telepathic communication between yourself and others. Perfect for quiet infiltration. I like that. So you can do that for a number of hours equal to the numbers rolled. So yeah, you can just uh speak. Yeah, that's actually really, really far away. Ian, you don't even have to speak the same language. Oh yeah, I would do they have to do they have to be willing, does it say? Um, <laughs> it's just a creature you can see. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yep, yep. You already like this one. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just in your head. I'm just in your head fucking with you right now. Just get in someone's head and just scream. <laughs> kill themselves because they're going crazy. <laughs> just do it like every day for like uh, a month. Yeah. You could, yeah. Jeez, you can do so much of that. see you again, Jean Pierre. <laughs> I see you. Some of your favorite bread again. Who are you? Please. One of your one of your neighbors keeps letting their dog shit in your yard, and so you just like <laughs> develop this slow <laughs> burn <laughs> to turn them insane. Oh god, that's so terrifying. <laughs> also, at third level, you get psychic blades. You can manifest your psychic powers as shimmering <laughs> blades of psychic energy. Whenever you take the attack action, you can manifest a psychic blade from your free hand and make the attack with the blade. This magic blade is a simple melee weapon with finesse and thrown properties. Just like everything else, normal range 60 feet. There's no long range on a hit. It deals psychic damage. So that's a thing. You just, D6. To, you just get to make up a weapon. You mm-hmm. should... <laughs> yeah, it's like dagger. You can toss that shit around. It does uh, damage equal to a D6. Plus the uh, ability modifier you use for the attack roll. And it vanishes immediately after it hits or misses its target and leaves no mark on its target if it deals damage. Mm. So he uses like assassination right here. <laughs> they don't even know why he dies. Like there's no mark. Like a normal dagger. That's so fucked up. And friend just falls over. You could attack with another one. <laughs> <laughs> a weaker one, but another one nevertheless is a bonus. Yeah, action. what was it, a D4? Yeah. That's so cool, D6 action, and D4. Just an extra D4, yeah. And let's see, at ninth level, you get Soul Blades. Your Psychic Blades are now an expression of your Psy Suffused Soul, giving you these powers to use your Psionic Energy Dice. So you also get 
two extra things for your energy dice. You get homing strikes. So if you make an attack roll with your psychic blades and you miss, you can roll a psychic energy die and add the number rolled to the attack roll. And if it causes you to hit, you expend the psychic energy dice. So I guess if you miss, you don't expend the die? That's what it sounds like. Oh my god, that's so strong. (laughs) Yeah, you would use that for every turn then. Uh, And you also get psychic teleportation. As a bonus action, you manifest one of your psychic blades, expend a psionic energy die, and roll it, and throw the blade in an unoccupied space you can see up to a number of feet away equal to ten times the number rolled. So that could be like... That could be pretty far. You then teleport to the space. So you teleport. Depending how far you can throw it. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's so cool. Just end up like behind somebody real quick or like on top of like a wall. Jared, did you say this was Mortal Kombat shit? No, it's uh, Naruto shit. Oh, I don't know anything about that, but (laughs) it um, it reminded me of Mortal Kombat. No, there's a literal uh, ability in the Naruto universe where they throw a knife and then teleport to it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember that. I forgot what that was called. Uh, it's like flying Raijin or some shit like that. Oh. All right. Also, uh, let's see. At thirteenth level, you now get psychic veil. You can weave a veil of psychic static to mask yourself. As an action, you can magically become invisible, along with anything you are wearing or carrying, for one hour until you say no more. This invisibility ends early, immediately after you deal damage to a creature, just like I guess any invisible spell. Yeah. And. You know, long rest unless you spend a sack energy die. Use this feature again, so you can use it one right after the other if you Christ. use your die. And it said you could use your you have as many dice. That's like two times your proficiency. That's ridiculous. That's crazy, man. Yeah, that All point. Right. I, would, I would like to play this, please. <laughs> yeah, you're. This is your class right here. Yeah, and at this point, you have ten ten dice. Ten dice. Yeah, you can be invisible ten mm-hmm. times. For an hour, so that's ten hours of invisibility. For every long rest. Uh, yeah. That's that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then seventeenth level, you get rend mind. You can sweep your psychic blades directly through a creature's mind. Mm-hmm. When you use your psychic blades to deal sneak attack damage to a creature, you can force the target to make a wisdom saving throw, and if the save fails, the target is stunned for a minute. Jesus stun Christ, target can repeat strong. the saving throw at the end, just like when you're stunned. And uh, once you use this feature, you can't do so against long rest or, you know, energy dice. So, you're just stunned for a minute. And for those who don't know, stunned means you're incapacitated. You automatic at, well, automatically fail on strength and dexterity saving throws, and any attack roll against you is at advantage. Imaginary brain blade <laughs> through their brain. Yeah, you're just suddenly you're just like <laughs> <laughs> brain dead for a minute. From something that you can't see, you don't know what just happened. Because it wasn't real. This is a really cool class. It's it's interesting. Uh it's not necessarily my cup of tea. But it's definitely a strong class. It really it's is. My, it's my cup of hot cocoa. 
I know that they've <laughs> um, they've gone back and forth on making psionics like its own class, I believe. Yeah, I think they quit on that and decided to just yeah. make it into random subclass. Well, I know there's things. isn't there a feat that just gives you psionic powers? I think there is. I also know I think a there's a, a bard subclass that does psionics too. I believe so. Yeah, I forget what it was called though. But it's very, it's like another like ghostly one, like a like a ghost storytelling bard. Oh, I gotta look at that one. Sounds cool. I would totally play this. Yes. I I, I would eventually play it. I don't know when, but I'd play it. <laughs> I don't know when. Moving on to the swashbuckler, which I think most people like this is on their list of things that they want to play. So you focus your training on the art of the blade, relying on speed, elegance, and charm in equal parts. While some warriors are brutes clad in heavy armor, your method of fighting looks almost like a performance. Duelist pirates typically belong to this archetype. Captain Jack Sparrow. This is definitely the Captain Jack Sparrow of classes. <laughs> Going on to the fancy footwork, so when you choose this, you learn how to land a strike and then slip away with, without reprisal. During your turn, if you make a melee against a creature, that creature can't make opportunity attacks against you for the rest of the turn. So you smack him and run away. Yeah, this, this is the uh, rapier, the subclass. <laughs> I just like the idea of just smacking him and just running away and they can't do anything about it. Haha, <laughs> suck it. <laughs> just like a little bitch. <laughs> Uh, you also get rackish audacity, so your confidence propels you in battles. You also get to sit third level. You can give yourself a bonus to your initiative rolls equal to your charisma modifier. You also gain an additional way to use your sneak attack. You don't need advantage on the attack roll to use your sneak attack against a creature if you're within five feet of it. And no other creatures are within five feet of you. So if you're one-on-one, -on -one, you can sneak attack. So you get sneak attack if you're... If someone else is within five feet of them? No, if, if it's only you and the person across from you, and that's but, it. But what about other, what about like regular sneak attack? Is you get that the regular one? sneak attack as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like no matter what, <laughs> you, have, you have sneak attack. As long as no one's helping you out, you get sneak <laughs> attack. Yeah, as long as they're not like, no like, no one within five feet of you. So I guess if someone is also launching arrows, you can still do sneak attack. Or if you're surrounded, uh, you don't get sneak attack. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that's cool. I didn't know you could sneak attack from that. Yeah, that's why that's everybody insane. wants to play Swashbuckler. It's it's one of the strongest uh, archetypes for the rogue class. Alright, going to Panache at ninth level. Your charm becomes extraordinarily beguiling. As an action, you can make a charisma persuasion check. Contested by a creature's inside check. The creature must be able to hear you, and two of you must share a language. So if you succeed on the check and the creature is hostile to you, it has disadvantage on attack rolls against targets other than you and can't make opportunity attacks against targets other than you. This effect lasts for a minute. Uh, yeah. So if the creature isn't hostile to you, it is charmed for a minute. That just doesn't feel good enough for a ninth level thing. It allows you to become more or less a tank. Uh, you're essentially redirecting a target towards you, so maybe the rest of your party can leave 
like a very sketchy situation, and then you follow it up with your fancy footwork where you just attack one of them, and uh, or maybe rather than attacking them, you could then use your cunning action to uh, disengage and run yourself because you have to use your action to use the panache ability. There's a lot of things you can do with it, but... It's very on point for a, a swashbuckler. Yeah, but it, it is a bit underwhelming and niche uh, for 9. Yeah. And then on 13th level, you get Elegant Maneuver. You can use a bonus action on your turn to gain advantage on the next acrobatics or athletics check you make during the same turn. That can be handy. If you're on a boat, be. I don't know. <laughs> sure. That also or if there's a trap. Very underwhelming. Yeah. For 13th level, yeah, that's kind of underwhelming. Yeah, and just being a rogue in general, you're going to already have pretty yeah, high skill checks. Yeah, Especially, if you're dexterity build, your acrobatics is already like a 15. Yeah. Athletics it might be useful, but uh, it's also another very niche one. Also, if your DM is usually okay with it, usually they accept either anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's like whatever. Yeah. And Master Duelist at level 17, your Mastery of the Blade lets you turn failure into a success in combat. If you miss with an attack roll, you can roll again with advantage. <laughs> to do so, you can't use it with the feature until short on rest. Yep, you yeah. just try again. With advantage. <laughs> with advantage. <laughs> Gonna try try, try again, again with sneak attack. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of, I mean, it's good. Yeah. It's random. It does feel random, but I guess if you really, really, really want to make sure you get that attack in, yeah. you have three shots at it. Yeah, 17. I guess it's good for 17. I guess. Since I feel like it'd be OP if it was like lower level. Yeah, it, it's good against that like BBEG. You, you know you need to get that big hit on it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't actually reading the swashbuckler out loud. It'd be fun until you reach like level nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I'm only level three, maybe multi-class or something else, I'd be okay with it. But uh, they actually don't sound that much fun. No. I mean, you, you do got to remember that, like, base rope gets a bunch of little fun things. I mean, that's true. And but this would definitely, definitely... This would be a subclass I would multi-class out of. I got yeah. the three, third on Swashbuckler, and then I would just move on to something else. Yeah, it'd be a good, like, uh, Swashbuckler fighter or Swashbuckler bard would be fun. Swashbuckler wild magic sorcerer. There you go. Yeah. Makes sense of that, Jared. I mean... <laughs> street rat. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, going to the very last one. We got Thief. So you hone your skills in the larcenous arts. Burglars, bandits, cutpurses, and other criminals. Tar typically you follow this archetype. I don't think I really have to explain it. I mean, it's Thief. This you know what the it Aladdin is. Aladdin subclass. You steal stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's the Aladdin subclass. So at third level, you gain fast hands. So you can give your bonus action granted by your cunning action to make a sleight of hand check using your thieves tool from a trap or open a lock. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, it makes sense for a thief. Yeah. Not exactly yeah. exciting, but I mean, you kind of need it. Then also at third level, you get second story. You gain the ability to climb faster than normal. Climbing no longer costs you extra movement. Also, when you make a running jump, the distance you cover increases by a number of feet equal to your dexterity modifier. Aladdin. Parkour. In <laughs> <laughs> ninth level, you have Supreme Sneak. You have advantage on stealth checks. If you walk slowly, if you have no more than half your speed on the same turn. Uh, does a 39 uh, make me invisible? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it does. <laughs> was that an evil laugh yes laughs and can, rogue can you do it again can you laugh and rogue again <laughs> I like how low it is <sighs> even your laugh has check it's uh 39 you don't know if it actually <laughs> happened <laughs> alright and then going to 13th level you get use magic device You've learned enough about the workings of magic that you can improvise the use of items even when they're not intended for you. You ignore all class, race, and level requirements on the use of magic items. That's really cool. Really cool. Yeah. I didn't know I didn't magic know items had class and race requirements. Certain ones do. Not all of them. Like, yeah. You could have this level 13 thief all of a sudden using the... Uh, robes of the arch magi which gives you ridiculous uh like ac and nonsense have like paladin stuff yeah there's not like a lot of them that are very specific but there are some out there by 13th level you'll probably get like encounter a few of them so that could be like super cool mm-hmm and then for the 17th level, you get Thieves, thieves reflexes, reflexes, I can't speak anymore. You have become adept at laying ambushes and quickly escaping danger. You can take two turns during the first round of any combat. You can take your first turn at your normal initiative and your second turn at your initiative minus 10. Holy cow. Just get an extra turn. You can go twice a turn. In the first round of combat. Oh, is it just the first round? Yeah. During the first round, yeah. Can you switch just when you were surprised? Okay, so the first round you can go twice. That's pretty cool. That's that's two sneak attacks, which is really good. Yeah. I don't know. Thief's kind of straightforward. I feel like Thief could be fun just in yeah. general, but you could just play another rogue subclass. Thiefy. Yeah, Thief is very. Uh, I mean, it's the quintessential rogue. Like yeah, it was it was the, uh, what is it the uh, the player handbook rogue right? The very first subclass. Yeah. So I guess at the time, the thief was, if you wanted to play a thief, this is what you got, but not all these other ones. And you could kind of be a better thief playing a different subclass. Like Arcane Trickster would be a better thief. Would you play a thief, Mandy? Mm, Too boring. Yeah, I feel like any other subclass would do the same thing. Yeah, I could do the same thing as a thief. For the most part, by choosing another subclass with more fun. Yeah, I like to think of Thief as the champion subclass of mm-hmm, a rogue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. 
That being said, I would, I would make a, I'd make a thief. I don't think I would make it because I still look at like the other classes to be like a bit more fun. Yeah. Because yeah, they're early stuff. I mean, if you're playing only on to ten, basically you only get to supreme sneak where you're just extra sneaky. Yeah, thief thief is another class that is very contingent on uh, your DM. And yeah, you better be in a group that wants to like steal stuff or <laughs> be horrible people. Because other than that, you're just you're not going to use any of these features. Yeah, and you got to make sure your DM like plays with some of the rules, like more intense rules, such as um, using a bonus action to disarm a trap or lock. Like in that instance you're essentially going through your your um dungeon in a very grid like uh like fashion where you have turns going on and i know some dnd nowadays kind of strays away from the more old gamish type of dungeon crawling all right that is our adventure into the rogue class Thank you for joining us. So now that we've read through the rogue class, can you imagine having an entire party of rogues? I would love a whole party of rogues. That's that's chaos incarnate. I would love it. That would be the coolest kind of uh, party. Like, can you imagine, like, not even just the one chair, like, the entire campaign of rogues and what kind of bullshit they would pull out of their ass to, like, <laughs> do whatever they want. Be, I don't. Yeah. I don't see good guys coming from a party of rogues. I just don't. <laughs> it's very morally like chaotic, uh, and like a morally neutral kind of party. I would feel this would be a thieves guild party. It's a Robin Hood party. <laughs> That'd be cool. We're all just stealing from the rich to give to the poor. So many heists. I can see so many heists. Ocean's Eleven campaign coming soon. Oh, that would be so much fun. Just have like a one shot. Just like three, like a whole month. Just like four episodes. I keep calling them episodes now. Like, it's not even sessions. They're episodes. (laughs) Ocean's Eleven. I would totally be on that. All right, that's all I have today. Maybe yeah. next time we'll do fighter. Oh, man! Nah, I, dude, even, probably do it. I don't even want to be here for that. Fighters are fun. The least fun that we like. The least one that anyone liked. Hey, in the last time we did this, fighter warlock. Are great, I loved it. We'll do warlock. I mean, the mm. one everyone hates. Mm. Warlock. And aren't. maybe they'll change your mind. Maybe you'll look at it and be like, warlock's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I can get eight spells, everybody. <laughs> it's got other things. Yeah, I mean, their invocations make up for it, but I'm still probably not going to play another Warlock. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you all for listening, and remember, check out MightyFlail.com if you made it this far. Uh, we do cool stuff. We write cool stuff. I am cool stuff. Yes. Garrett and Mandy are cool stuff. Super yes. cool stuff. Buy Amanda Panda Brown on Etsy. 
<laughs> I heard cool stuff. Yeah. Seriously, the mug is actually like legit. I love this mug to death. Great quality. And also, rule number one don't be a dick. Don't be a don't dick. Don't be a dick. Bye. Bye. Bye.